whatever you like we say before recording throw it in at the end but yeah what whatever you like eat before you take a nap do you wake up from the nap just feeling like you have a rock in your stomach so two quick things before that first eating before naps actually let me rephrase that first naps i don't take naps me and the money are way too attached to go and do that Hermes link but no i don't take naps i think the last time i've taken a nap i i think i've taken uh three naps in the past 10 years one of them was uh when i landed in france my first time going to europe i was so tired did not sleep on the plane and i woke up it was noon in paris and i just cashed woke up at like seven not a good idea not a great idea you just gotta oh, you're never, you're not supposed to that was my first time second time i this is the most recent time coming back from a trip from santa barbara got literally like four hours of sleep get home crashed crashed haven't napped like that in years and then the last time was after i had my foot surgery when i had my foot stuck in a bike chain and then i napped i napped after surgery and probably nap during surgery, you could say. So yeah, four naps, four naps that I could remember since turning 12. Yeah, no, when I'm working camp and I get back home, at some point I'm taking a nap. And it just so happens that every time I take a nap, I have some sort of food directly before and I fall asleep and I wake up and I just got like a big old rock in my stomach afterwards. It's not ideal what food do you like to eat no it's just like lunch like i eat lunch and then i pass out so i mean it just sounds like bad time management over on your end you gotta you gotta just get my body planned just, out my body's just your stupid. body is your body is screwed up in many different ways i i can confirm from firsthand experience but yeah welcome ladies and gentlemen to episode 38 of the water boys podcast I'm doing the intro today. I'm taking over for uh, for Grant. Uh, big weight on my shoulders to take the intro today. So we'll see how it's going. But uh, today we have a couple things on deck. College football, little baseball, uh, most likely going to crap on the Padres again, and then with the NFL. My heart's beating 100 miles per hour, so let's just start getting into it. I don't think that intro is good enough. Fuck. All right. I don't think it was good enough. No. Nah, I'm just playing. That was good enough. All right. That in. Okay. Uh, I, I just want to see your reaction. I'll be honest. Man, that, the reaction that was better than the last one. That was better than the last one you did. Not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. A little disappointing. You know, it, it's okay. We live and we learn. We move on. We improve. <laughs> Over at the Waterboy podcast, you're not getting much deep dive insight, but you know, you get, you at least get a podcast. Oh, whoa, whoa. Twice no, a week. you get, you get uh, Waterboy analytics over at the Waterboy podcast. I mean, it's a patent pending technique, but it's, I mean, it's ongoing. Yeah. I, we're working on a trademark, working on the copyright infringements. You know, we, we don't take our shit boys. We, we got stuff planned and we're doing it a uh, 10 X, but right now me and Everett way too much on the schedule. Now this is the thing. Football is obviously King, but with my Kemp nose shirt, the only thing I can think about is the Padres and how pathetic they are. Uh, the only thing though is I don't want to bore the viewers and I don't want to start off with the MLB. So I think we should start off with one of the most interesting stories of the weekend. Let's get into the NBA. Swimming. Oh, oh, swimming. 
I don't okay. think uh, Olympics are going on. And even uh, even if it was, I don't think Ryan Lochte was uh, what robbing any uh, jewelry stores recently. So I don't think there's much to go over in swimming. <laughs> but you know what? We're gonna dive into the NBA right now. Uh, so on Twitter, like right now, this has actually been one of the quietest NBA off seasons in terms of free agency moves, trades, any you, type of team changes. Can you name like one person that, that have like that signed with the team this offseason? I off think season? the biggest the biggest moves so far have been Rudy Gobert and John Wall. Oh, and then right, that's probably it. But like, who cares? No, and like I regardless the fact that nothing else is popping in my head uh, right now that says enough so the nba i mean kevin durant Kyrie, what the hell i thought they were being traded i, I guess they are still being traded i saw them beefing they're not the being owner, traded that's, i don't know though but this has just been a boring not very interesting uh nba free agency this year it's well kind of, look kind of like we, we thought that it was going to be an interesting one going right at the start of it like everything was coming on you're like oh my god this might be the most interesting off season since and yeah Brock no and James it's, it's just august 9th right now and literally nothing has happened in weeks like Barely the last... news has came out so we'll, yeah. we'll get into the only the only thing that was somewhat noticeable over the weekend Dejounte murray versus paolo bancaro uh, so over the weekend, Deontay Murray, Paliban Caro, uh, got some publicity over a, a, a pickup pro-am basketball league game where uh, they played against each other. So first things first, uh, they obviously started beefing on Instagram, but we got to start with just the game itself. First things first, Dejounte Murray yammed down one of the most impressive and crazy humiliating dunks on Palo's head I've ever seen in my life. Driving in the lane, picks up his dribble. I, I think he like pump fakes Paolo, then he just throws it off the glass alley up to himself, yams it in Paolo's face. All right. So, so that dunk alone, just that move, that is enough to be like, humble yourself, young man. I'm an NBA player. Like, you're not on my level yet. If he just did that, didn't say a word, just handed the ball back to Paolo, just backpedaled back down the court. That would have been the most baller thing that Murray could. That would have been the most like badass thing he could have done. Just leave it all in the court. Don't say anything. Just silence. Jam in his face. Give him the ball and just let's let's keep playing. But instead, uh, Dejounte Murray decided to do something else. After he yams the ball in Paolo's face, he gets in his face, starts screaming at him, throws the ball at his feet, disrespectful of course, not giving it to his hand. You know, throwing it at his feet, yelling in his face. And then after the game ended, he goes on uh, his Instagram story and starts shit talking Palo, like all just starts shit talking Palo. So, um, <laughs> how many years has Dejounte Murray played in the NBA? I think I he's like he's like 24, 25. Just got uh, I'm pretty sure traded to the Hawks or signed to the Hawks. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure, but I think he got traded. Him, he Trey, expert. and uh, like John Collins, I guess their new big three. But he yeah, gets so trader moves, and I I don't know. I swear, I promise you this. If Murray was on the Spurs, he would not be doing that. Greg Popovich would not oh, let that shit fly. But the second, the second he's out of, a, like, literally master Popovich's hands where nobody acts out of order, he starts acting out, talking shit. Like, I don't you know. know. Little there's, interesting. Two, there's two ways that I'm looking at this. One, that it's basically the, the Kermit versus Bo Cruz 
storyline and hustle with Adam Sandler. To a degree, yes. To yeah. a degree, reminds me a bit of that. Uh, the other thing that reminds Paolo me of was the first overall pick. And yeah. The, the only other difference is, is, you know, uh, it's when the, uh, the senior in high school on the varsity team, it's, it's tryout day. You got the random sixth graders touted to be the next big thing comes in. The senior just absolutely murders him in front of the entire team on tryout. <laughs> that honestly, that, that was kind of, kind of the vibe I was getting here. I now personally, I think it's, I think it's a little unwarranted how how hard Murray went after uh, Paolo there. There's but, no reason, man. But but this is, uh, I was I was looking at this because I was like, why was Murray so pissed? I was like, what the hell? Why is he so pissed off? And I also want to say, Murray has not only been like teasing, I guess, or whatever, just messing with like Paolo and stuff against other literal amateur guys. He'll get the ball, get it, start like hitting it on their head, then start dribbling. Like, oh, is he playing in the Drew League? Not Drew League. I, I think it's I don't think it's the Drew League. It's a, it, but it's, it's like a program league, and he's being an annoying piece of shit. He's literally taking the ball, bouncing so, it, like hitting it on dudes' heads. So like, what I'm hearing like, is, I'm like, John, he would not be acting like this on the Spurs. He would no, not be doing this. I I can tell you right now, just on the basis of of all this, the uh, the Hawks are not going to be good next year. I'm just I was just really confused. I, I was just like, what the hell. I, so I had to look into this. I was like, why is Murray ripping into Paolo so hard? So uh, after the game happened, Murray went on IG and he, he pretty much said the fame and attention has gotten to Paolo's head. He liked Paolo when he was humble about himself, you know, trying to like learn. But apparently Paolo, all the attention has gone to his head and needs to be more humble. That's, that's what, yeah, if he hates, what Murray said. If but he I, hates... Yeah. Guys, for not being humble, just wait till he till he meets Chet Holmgren. Just I wait till that. About to say, I don't know about you, but but Chet seems like he is fifty times way more loud mouth, open, like disrespectful. I don't than think Paolo. I don't now, think. I understand Murray was playing against Paolo, and I don't know what Paolo's like saying behind closed doors to all these players. Like maybe he's talking mad. Like I have no idea. But I mean, at least publicly. Chet is number one public enemy right now out of this rookie class. No, like literally. It's not Paolo. I, I think since the draft occurred, I have maybe heard one thing from Paolo, and it literally is this what's going on right now. Outside of that, everything that I have heard is Chet. It's Chet. It's all Chet. Like I haven't heard anybody else. It's just Chet and Chet alone. Yeah, it's just been very. I don't know. I I think it's just an unwarranted move to go after Paolo. Like uh, obviously he wasn't going up against Chet. Maybe, maybe he would have disrespected Chet 80 times harder. Who knows? Dude, if, 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 Who knows? If, if, he, if he was going up against Chet and he actually worked Chet, I, I think maybe, maybe something, uh, but you I know what the, the difference, the magic, both in the East, they might be playing each other a little more than, you OBC know, and the Hawks. I don't know if that has you know what the difference would have been though, is because Chet's so much taller than, than, um, Shante Murray, he would have just held the ball and held it above his head like this. No, and also, so another thing, I, I'm gonna back. I'm on Team Palo here. I was just, yeah. I just don't think. I think Murray little, going little after him so hard, just straight for the neck, was just uncalled for. But, but uh, going back, uh, so uh, in that game, every single time Palo got the ball, Murray was guarding him, and Murray would call for a double team every single time. And so after the game, Palo was just like, he was like, wow. 
So after the game, Murray unfollowed Paolo on social media, like unfollowed him on everything, then called him out. And Paolo was like, wow, you unfollowed me and called for a double team every play. Thought like, thought like a grown man would so, that help against a rookie or something. Like he didn't say quick, that last part, but he was kind of just like, Jesus, man. Like, like that's kind of sad. Like Murray, Murray is just like, Jesus, dude. Like, I guess he's really buying into the whole hate the Hawks. Like, Trey Young is literally the most hated man in New York at Yankee Yeah, but Stadium. also, like, Trey, Trey Young, they don't Trey mention Young, any Red Sox players. Like, Trey Young kind of does it in a way where, like, it's almost likable to, like, watch him be hated. Like, I personally, I like Trey Young and the fact that, like, that's his dynamic. Like, I like Trey Young for that. I bit. think it's a little cocky, but at least, like, you know, if you're going to play into it, don't don't be afraid to just but like he plays into it and he yeah it like he plays into it. so I'm was the, the was the final so. score of this uh posted i have no idea no because uh my my question is is dejounte murray talking all this trash when he lost the game now i have no i would assume he won i would assume he won but even then that yam was so disgusting that like whatever that was that was actually one of the most disgusting. We have a little nut, a little a little nut rub in the face. Like I'm not exact. Like Paolo didn't even contest the dunk. Like it was just just like it was. It was just, just gross. It was just like Jesus. I got you. I got <laughs> but, you. But uh, no, that that is. I mean, I just saw that and I was like, damn. I first things first. I was like, Jesus Christ, the story itself. Like, why is he going after Paolo's head? And then I was also like. That's the first NBA news I've heard in weeks. Like, geez, it's not even free agency. It's just like a little beef brewing with Pallet. Like, I don't know. NBA, it's been quiet. It has been I just think it's a little it's a little sad if, if you're a fourth, fifth year player in the league and you are beefing with a guy who hasn't even played a single game. In the yeah, NBA. I, I just thought it was very strange on a on Murray's part to go after Paolo like that. I mean, maybe Paolo is a complete total asshole. I have no idea, but he doesn't, I, I mean, at least compared to other rookies like Chet, pretty much only Chet, he's not even close. Like he's not even close to that level of cockiness. Other first overall picks too. Zion wasn't like that. Like, like I, I guess mean, Paolo might be a little more cocky than Zion, but like, I mean, I Cade Cunningham. I don't really know what I, Kate Cunningham seems to have flown under the radar in terms of like what, what he's like, like outside of basketball. I have no idea. I feel like Ant, Ant's got a little cockiness to him, but it's like a positive cockiness, at least now. Well, also the cockiness for Ant has been really ramped up after Puzzle. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, people yeah. are just like, oh, Anthony Edwards, the best shit talker of all. And like, well, even, like that's even that's Juancho just, that's came just out just like Anthony would be great for that role. He's really good at shit talk. Like he even said that. So oh, is that is that why he got? No, yeah. Like so, I guess that's kind of the impression. Like I have no idea, but I mean, Anthony Edwards, he's backing it up. So I mean, there's a difference. Like, yeah, well, kind of goes in Trey Young. Like at least he did. He, he did also NBA players. By the I way, I could be wrong, but I think he did was. also have an egregious slam on John Morant last season that got uh called back for some bogus stuff um no 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 um it had a and had a pretty gross slam on top of John John Morant last and jaw jaw literally tries to poster four people per game like I I think I've seen 
more highlights of Jaw like about to make it a poster and he just misses the dunk and it's a foul. Yeah. If he hit that, my god. Okay. All right. But that's all I got. Uh, NBA. I think we should end off. I think we should end off with college football. Let's do MLB. So okay, before we get to Padres, because that'll be mostly what we talk about, I just want a quick reaction out of you for this. Okay. This is an Edwin Diaz appreciation stat the Mets are 62 and 0 this season when leading after the eighth inning 62 and 0 62 and 0 man it's this the trumpets I mean damn trumpets man I mean damn like that's like that's crazy for the fact that like the Dodgers could never Dodgers could never no no like I like in the past well, actually, the past week, the Dodgers have been hot. But in the past two months, the Dodgers are probably, like, I don't know. Well, how many wins? 40 and how, five. Leading how, many wins how many wins <laughs> do the Mets have right now? What's the Mets record? So, they're, 60, they're 62 and 0 when they're leading, correct? 62 when, and 0 when leading after the eight so how many wins do they have they're so currently wins, that's how many games where they have they're currently the 71 and 39 so that so means they've had the nine games two of 71 wins they've had the lead going into a eight so that means they they literally only lose if they're losing well wait how many how six seven 71 wins. what they have seven they're 71 and 39 71 and 39 so that's 110 62 divided by 110 over 50 percent of the games are leading going into the eighth it's pretty good that's i'm sure good. yeah i'm sure i'm sure I there's mean, a couple stat lines maybe like they they were down and they came back and scored and like also, that so shout out my quick math did, did you just see that shit god damn whatever uh, but yeah that i mean that's all the praise i'm going to give the mets i'm going to be honest i have all now, right i've now respected the mets now that they're healthy with their stars give them so give them give them like give them I, i'm series. not like i still at least in the playoffs i think i'm still slightly more afraid of the braves than the mets just because i know the dodgers will face the mets in a seven game series instead of a five game series it's, where the starting pitching is less important I'm not it's concerned. The, the Braves, the Braves lineup is whatever. Nasty. We'll think. We'll think about that. We'll think about that in a couple. Yeah, minutes. food, food for thought. Uh, um, okay. Also, I got another thing. Not Dodgers. Not Padres. Okay. Chris Sale took a page out of Fernando Tatis's book and broke his wrist while riding a bike. Uh, so he will miss the rest of the season. Uh, Fernando Tatis is sitting there. It was the meme of uh. Soldier boy, he stole my bar word for word, flow for flow. Literally, that's what Tatis is sitting there thinking. Chris Sale just stole Tatis's Tatis's flow word for word, bar for bar. So, Chris Sale, uh, this happened, I don't know, a month or so after his famous triple A dugout punching rant. Well, no, remember, he had the triple A dugout destruction, then had to go back like the next week because he got injured again. Because remember, he's uh-huh. like ha- yep. finger. had to go back down. Oh yeah, because he got <laughs> and, the ball. And now, down. now he's got the bike, the bike accident. Um, so I would say he I- thinks that Chris Sale was sitting there like you know what, wearing. I I actually think the Red Sox might be in last place in the AL East right now, but right he was now. sitting there like we are not making the playoffs. I'm just did, I'm just gonna break my wrist and Chris, sit out the rest of the year. Did Chris Sale? 
purposely break his wrist to up his like value so that way it doesn't well, he wouldn't up his value well if he broke his offhand wrist i don't think anyone gives a shit which probably is what happened because i think they would have made a bigger deal if he broke his, his, broke his throwing wrist. wrist but yeah if you break if you breaking a bone is the best injury you could get so i mean maybe he did this on purpose maybe chris sale was like i'm throwing in the towel i'm done this year call it do you think that Chris Sale actually yeah. broke his wrist or do you think that he's just like, ah, well, he got surgery on it. So oh. he did break his wrist. What if he just didn't break it and, and, and they just did surgery just like, you know, it's, and it's an alibi. He's just like, just gotta, just gotta, I mean, I don't know. I think it's just very, very interesting. Chris Sale this year, you know, before yeah. I, I'm not sure if he was healthy the full well, season last year, but everyone's like, Oh, Chris Sale's coming back. You know what? It just sounds like he, good he really know based off that i don't know it's not it just sounds like he really loves the triple a affiliates locker room <laughs> he just really loves it well clearly he didn't love it too much because he broke his wrist and didn't want to go back to them you know i, I you know he just shut it down uh, like, well no he, no it's even better because he's going to start the season with the rehab in triple a next year like he's just planning ahead well if he's healthy he won't if he's doing no. spring training he won't but i mean i don't know very interesting i just think Interesting timing that this happens right after the trade deadline when uh, Red Sox were kind of like, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not going to go after anyone. We, we kind of know we're, we're spot or our spot in the AL East. So yeah, Chris Sale, I don't, I don't blame him, I guess, if he purposely broke his wrist, which he definitely did, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens, uh, but you know, let, let's get into, uh, let's get into the fun part of MLB talk, uh, what I've been waiting for all day. <laughs> Let me let me go first here. Let me go. Go first. first go for it. So, uh, just a little throw out. This I, this isn't necessarily the Padres, but a little throw out. Uh, well, if it's not the Padres, then I mean, who who cares? It's about the Yankees and the Dodgers. Oh, fun, fun, fun. Okay. Since uh, the Dodgers traded for Joey Gallo, this is as of yesterday. Uh, the Dodgers are six and zero. Yesterday, as of Monday, five. August eighth. Yes, Dodgers are six and zero. Yankees are on five. So it's the Joey Gallo effect. Maybe Andrew Fleisman was on to something. Yeah, just- I just want to say uh, to, to you Yankee fans, isn't it kind of weird that, you know, Joey Gallo might not be playing great, but he goes from Yankees to Dodgers, Dodgers hot, Yankees aren't. Yankees Andrew not. Andrew Heaney goes from Yankees to Dodgers, literally has like a sub one ERA right now. I know he's only started like six games, but still Heaney goes from chump to God after going to LA. What, what's going on in New York, guys? What, what's up? Like, what's up? What's going on? What's going on in New York? <laughs> yep. What's going on in New, New York? York. Brian Winhurst right now, we might need to take a page out of his book. What's so, yeah. New York didn't play last night. I'm pretty sure they're currently on a five-game losing streak. Yeah, that's why I just said 0-5 since Joey Gallagher. After getting swept by the Cardinals over the weekend. I mean, Yankees... So, yeah. I yeah. mean, and, and on the same time, as the Yankees are hitting their slump, the Mets are one of oh, the three hottest teams the in baseball. The Dodgers right are now. going up. It's the Yankees midseason slump always happens. Dodgers midseason. Yankees down, sure. Dodgers and Mets up. Last oh, thing, always. I mean, at least the Red Sox suck because if they were good, Jesus. We can all, yeah, we Def can all. Defcon five for Yankee fans right now. We can now, all enjoy that. Um, okay, so this is – 
I don't know if this is necessarily 100% accurate, but I believe this is a screenshot of uh, an ESPN like breakdown report for like the rankings of this week. Okay. It says number one team in the MLB Dodgers. Number one record 75, 30, 33. Their power ranking last week was two. A lot of random crap. Don't really care about that. This is the car. This is the part that I care about quote. All Andrew Friedman needed to do was fiend some half interest in Juan Soto and watch AJ Preller freak out. Did you notice that Mookie Betts hasn't played second base since the trade deadline? Question mark. So uh, it's kind of sounding like uh, kind of got the Padres to trade for Juan Soto. Wait a second. Wait a second. Oh my God. Something just popped in my head. Now I know when Mookie was playing second for that little bit of stretch, the, the quote unquote reason, the quote, sorry, I need to get close to the mic. When Mookie Betts was playing second, the quote-unquote reasoning as to why is because they called up James Outman. He was making his debut. He was more comfortable playing right uh, than anything else. But very, very interestingly, uh, like after his first game in right, Mookie casually went back to right. Outman was playing left or center or whatever, completely fine, no problems. I didn't quite think about that, but but do you think he actually played Mookie at second to be like, we'll put Mookie at second if we can get Soto and we'll let you play right? Even though Mookie is 90 million times it's better like, at right fielder. At it's, right like, fielder it's, like, it's like the the like older brother or like stepbrother, whether you're like purposely doing something to manipulate like the younger. The younger I, now, I'm not sure how much Soto or, or his agent or whatever would really care about that, but I don't know. No, That's Soto doesn't care. But it's the Padres. It's the Padres. It's getting the Padres to give up all of these assets to have Soto for a year and a half. And the Dodgers knowing that it doesn't matter. Like they don't need Soto. The team is perfect how it is. So baiting the Padres into giving up all of their future when they know that they're just going to, I mean, the Dodgers are the Padres dad. So, I mean, it makes sense baiting them into doing this, but uh yeah, it sounds like uh, the Padres fell into yeah. Uh, no, Padres Andrew Fleisman Padres track. gave up gave up a a sizable sizable amount. Uh, but you know what? Let, let uh, while we're on the Padres, you know what? I uh, I got a little fired up. So uh, recently just threw threw up a TikTok the other day talking a little smack to the Padres fans. And first things first, just want to say overwhelming amount of support on that video. Business is booming video's doing very great hasn't been up for 24 hours and it's got like 65k views as of uh right now but while i was reading these comments it's kind of hilarious actually well first realizing like there are padre fans out there like that was the first but second how like how like not not stubborn but but how like absurdly batshit crazy and legitimately screwed up in the head some of these like they are legitimately delusional they are a delusional fan base i have no other way to put it so this is my favorite part ton of people were commenting uh a ton of people were commenting dodgers are a daddy's money team dodgers are daddy's money they buy all their players let's start with the dodgers okay Let's let's start with the Dodgers. Now, 
first three hitters, Mookie, uh, Mookie, Trey, Freddie, Mookie and Trey were acquired, were acquired through trades where the Dodgers gave up significant amount of prospects, which they developed into players good enough to even be in a position to trade for those legitimate all-stars. So first things first, just number one say, farm system. Just want to say, just want to point that out. Number one farm. And system. then Freddie Freeman, Dodgers signed Freddie Freeman. Yes, they signed him to a long-term deal. That was a free agent pickup. Sure, Freddie Freeman. Okay, let's go on to the rest. Also, Bill Padres. S- let's not act like the Padres weren't in on Freddie Freeman. Like they were there. They just suck. And therefore couldn't sign it. Maybe I honestly have no idea. I, I'm pretty sure it was just down to Dodgers and Braves. No, but they they had offered they, they had an yeah, offer. Yeah, probably, but I I mean I mean it's the Padres. Padres. <laughs> to play for them. Uh, but that's the first three Dodger hitters. Let's go on to four through six. Number four, Will Smith, drafted by the Dodgers. The dude's literally getting paid 500 k a year. Absolute, absolute murder. I am so sorry that Will Smith, like baseball is a screwed up sport that Will Smith doesn't even get paid a million dollars a year, but drafted by the Dodgers. That's our four hitter catcher five. Let's say Muncie's the five hitter going forward. Max Muncie was either traded or signed from the Oakland A's. And he was a wash up reject that the Oakland A's thought was a fat piece of lard and didn't want on their team. Then the Dodgers took him and he was one of the best hitters in baseball last year. So they didn't buy that guy. And even if they did buy him, nobody else wanted him. So why are you mad? Let's go on to the six hitter now. Let's say it's Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor was a washed up reject from the Seattle Mariners who did not probably wasn't even aware who Chris Taylor was. And they traded him to the Dodgers for a pack of peanuts in the player that they traded away. Uh, Chris Taylor is like a two-time all-star now deserved his 80 million dollar contract extension so yeah that's our six hitter so yeah i guess you could say we have the money to re-sign him but okay cool padres just re-signed musgrove to 100 mil shut the fuck up let's move on to the seven hitter let's say the seven hitter is lux drafted by the dodgers was the number one prospect in baseball a couple years ago drafted by the dodgers oh yeah we bought that guy no we drafted him because your dumbass didn't that's that's our seven hitter Number eight is a combination of, uh, of Gallo, of... JT, you haven't uh, said JT, JT yet. I haven't even said... Oh, sh- Jesus Christ. JT hasn't been playing so long. JT is definitely further up in that lineup. Holy <laughs> shit. Well, the fact that JT, you put... JT, JT. He'd probably be the five-hitter. JT. JT was a legitimate wash-up scrub from the New York Mets who did not give a flying shit about him. And then the Dodgers picked him up and he became... One of the best hitters in Dodger, Dodger that I've ever seen in my life. Put He's on been on the team for, for how long now? By the so, way, so 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 sure, maybe we bought him for a million dollars in the off season, but nobody else wanted his ass. So who cares? That's not buying him. And then our last guy, Cody Bellinger, drafted Dude, by the Dodgers, won an MVP. Don't need to say any shit about that. So that's the lineup. Now, now another thing I just want to say: let's look at the Dodgers starting pitchers. Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler, Julio Urias, Tony Gonsolin, all drafted by the Dodgers or signed by the Dodgers. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, what what are we what are we talking about here? Uh, what what are we saying? Padres, half of their fucking starting pitching lineup has been acquired through trades in the past year and a half. 
Also, I mean, I mean, what are we saying? Clevenger, Manaya, Snell, none of those fuckers have any association Darvish, with until the last two. Darvish, every Darvish, single dude. Who, by the way, single dude. I know, I know that Darvish wasn't necessarily like a homegrown Dodgers player, but I mean, there's a reason why the Padres wanted him, and guess what team he was on? Musgrove wasn't even drafted by the Padres, too. So I mean, okay. Tatis, Tatis, <laughs> you want to argue about Tatis? Yeah, Tatis was acquired for from the Pirates, I'm pretty sure. But uh, he regardless, was like the, uh, I don't, I don't. White Sox. Oh, White Sox. So the thing, I don't blame, I don't blame you for acquiring players through trades because you need. Let's say at least for the Mookie and Trey trades and the and the Padres so trade, like you need to have good prospects in order to get those players. So if anything, the Dodgers acquiring those guys through trade, that's just more of. I don't know, an indictment of how good the Dodgers scouting is and how good their prospects are to no, be in a also position it, to trade it, for those players. It pays to have a, a good GM that actually Yeah, that helps. That helps. No, definitely. You know, definitely it doesn't helps. get fleeced by a team that's in your division. Um, I, I, of, like, I literally am thinking the Dodgers have made so many blockbuster deadline trades. No, Almost like it's, every, it's, single, every single deadline for the past four or five seasons, yet they still have a top so, three farm system every single preseason. Well, we they still have the have, number one farm system preseason this year. We have who do we have? So we saw Vargas is I think was just up. Now he's going back down. Cartaya. Imagine, so, imagine obvious. Like, oh my! Could you imagine if our goddamn farm system still had Kbert, still had Jeter Downs, still had all these dudes, still had Josiah? I mean, uh, I mean um, we saw Verdugo. I mean, it's just like think about that. Like, really think about that. Like, what Pirates O'Neal O'Neal and the Pirates? Because he was a Dodger, by the way. O'Neal was a Dodger, and I also had to say it, but Jordan Alvarez on Astros was a Dodger. The Dodger? Yeah. Yeah, he was a Dodger. Um, One thing, because I know you got a stat line that you wanted to share. Today. Yeah, I got a stat line at the end um, that I got to share, but, but you know what? One thing, one thing specifically, I just thought it was kind of funny. So, obviously, Dodgers brought out the brooms against the Padres. Uh, this week, as they always might do, might be some more brooms the rest of the season. There's gonna be, there's gonna be, no, there's not, there, it's not a might. There will be more brooms the rest of this year. Not a might. Three more um, series with San Diego, by the way, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so the who who someone someone who was asking Manny Machado after uh, after the, the oh, Potters got swept goodness. by the Dodgers this week, if he was worried at all um, that you know they just got beaten down, abused, and murdered on live television. Uh, Manny Machado responded with, quote, not at all, because I'm fucking Manny Machado. You know, uh, Manny, I hate to break it to you, but um, losing, what, 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 was the, what was the total, uh, like eight to two, something like that, like total runs against them? So I don't they, lost, they lost uh, last game 4-0. Uh, let, me, let me pull it up real quick. I think I have it right here. Let me get it. Manny, I hate to break it to you, man, going. but uh, – you you just saying you're Manny Machado really does it actually probably hurts the problem more because I I mean Manny Machado is not doing anything he he was walking from third base to get a get a ball that went in between him and shortstop that went into like to, to like pretty short outfield like if you had instead of walked if you had maybe lightly briskly jogged you could have you could have done a little light you know little speed walk like Kermit the Frog like you know Patrick Mahomes does. Probably could have gotten that thrown thrown a Dodger home, out at, at home, but nah, you know that's the problem, Andy. So uh, I, I got the number. So I'm pretty sure the uh, the Giants won one zero last night. The Giants? 
the Giants played the Giants are playing the Padres right now, and I'm pretty sure the Giants beat the Padres 1-0 last night. Okay, okay. Uh okay. I got I got the stat here. The Padres over their weekend series uh with the Dodgers. Oh shit. For scratch that. I I, I was trying to do a specific Dodger stat. I can't. The Padres have lost their last five games and have been outscored 28 to 7 during that stretch. The Padres, as of Tuesday, August 9th, before they play the Giants, they are scoreless in their last 23 innings. They're on a Mar- Miami Marlins type beat right now. And I'm going to be honest, like just on paper, you're looking at the Padres acquisitions. So wait, hold I on. wait, 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 wait. Jesus wait. Christ, 23 wait. scoreless innings. Wait, 23 score. So, real quick, how many games has it been since they acquired Soto? I think six. So how many innings would that put it at? Six times nine, 54. So about half of the game, the games that they've played since acquiring Juan Well, they've Soto. definitely had multiple other innings that were scoreless too. Right. So half half of that. Uh, yeah, a little under half of Soto's time getting, in San Diego hasn't scored a run. In after getting Juan Soto. After getting Juan Soto. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I, I was looking, I was looking through the Padres, uh, I was looking through the Padres uh, players and stuff. I, I was looking at their starting pitchers bullpen. For the most part, their starting pitchers have been pretty solid. I'm not gonna lie, but not bad. But their their bullpen, like they they got rid of uh, got rid of Taylor Rogers, uh, trade him little swip swap to get Hater. Uh, I read a land with that. Rogers team. was atrocious. Had like a four three ERA. Had a like an eighty two ERA plus on the season. That was not going to be their lockdown guy. Like that guy was not going to save them wins in the playoffs, especially against. Well, I guess it's lefty row. Eh, I guess. Damn I, it. Think, Lefties are I think. I think that the he, Dodgers. Whatever. Whatever. Also, was from the Twins. I think that was a trade before the season started. No, yeah, Rogers is from the Twins, or I think they signed him. But regardless, they upgrade there, but. Other than him, I'm looking at the guys' rest of their pound. I'm pretty sure they got like Pomerantz, Drew, uh, Drew Pomerantz, recognize that name. But a couple of their other guys, I'm sitting there, I'm like, who, who the hell are these guys? None of those guys really look shut down dominant. I know the Dodgers. I know we have been very concerned about the bullpen over the past couple of months. But yes, Craig Kimbrell, we're not, we're not even going to give him time this episode because we've talked about it too much. But he, he rest, runs from that. The rest much. of the bullpen, not everyone. And not guys who we expect, but they have gems in that pen. They got Yancey, unfortunately, just hit the aisle. But Evan Phillips, god damn. Evan Phillips. But he's got like a nice. he's got like a 0.65 ERA over like the past 16 games. Like it's I'm not. pretty sure Evan Phillips in his last nine innings with bases loaded, he has not given up a hit. In his last no. nine innings with the bases no. loaded, hasn't given up a hit. I was oh. like, bro, this is my guy. Like, this is literally my guy. He has a 1-4-3 ERA this year, 0.8 whip, uh, has a 10-6 K-9. Evan Phillips, I'll ride or die with you this year, man. You're my guy. But the way how Dodgers bullpen works, we'll probably get one more good year out of him, and then after that, he'll turn to absolute shit. That's just not even a Dodger reliever. Thing. That's he, just how relievers he either, work he in general. Turns, he, he either turns to absolute crap uh, – the Padres or somebody try and get him or he gets shipped off in a massive trade package for some huge name player at the trade deadline. It's one of, one of three things. Well, it'll be tough to, it'll be tough to trade him because this is last year and 
don't think they would sign him and trade him. But okay, that, that that's what I had. That's my little rant. But uh, all right, let's get into my uh, my fun little fact of the the weekend. So as of uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, before the night games have happened. So August 9th. Pretty much as the as of the end of the Monday August eight games, the Padres uh, had horrendous stretch and uh, they're, they're currently in a very unique standing in the nl west so so here's a stat for you san diego the padres are currently in second place in the nl west and are 16 games out of the division uh out of the division race behind the dodgers the rockies are in last place in the nl and they are 28 and a half games uh behind the dodgers therefore the padres are closer to being in last place in the uh, nl west than they are to being in first place of the NL West. And hey, I'm going to go back to that TikTok comment section that we posted the other week of a bunch of Padres fans. And, and I saw a noticeable amount of Padres fans saying, oh, what? You expected us to just suddenly become amazing over one weekend after getting like a couple of players? Obviously, we need time to gel. That's not what I heard literally a week ago last Tuesday when the Soto trade happened. That's not what I heard. You know, I, I was I hearing still... this is over. San Diego runs California. That's what I heard. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what I saw. Um, I, I also was just heard hearing, you know, going into the weekend, uh, Dodgers fans are scared. The MLB was. I'll be was, honest, I was uh, a little worried, but after that it? shit, Jesus Christ, I've never felt more on top of yeah. the world as well. But one. you know, even the MLB was was kind of getting on the Padres chain. Like I said, one hundred percent. Like last week, like I'll they, be honest. They posted, if I'm like the, they posted like the the stars of California like post, and they 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 put all three. Manny Machado was on it, and Trey Turner wasn't. Like now, what? now this is the thing. Real quick, I I just want to say, uh, if I'm the MLB right now. I would be promoting the living shit out of San Diego, right? Oh yeah, no. Two I was... of two of the best players in baseball, who both happen to be like twenty three and twenty two, are on the same team now, and they're disgusting at bit. Like, if I'm the MLB, but... I would be promoting the crap out of the Padres. But based on how the MLB has failed to promote the shit out of the Angels, I don't think they'll do it. So, uh, yeah. But here's my question. If you're promoting the Padres, you're not you're promoting Tatis and Soto. No, no, that's it. Because you can't promote the team because they suck. Well, yeah, you can't promote Manny Manny Machado. Is that why they can't promote the Angels? Because they're just so ass. So bad. And they're also like I guess that would make sense. Yeah. Um like okay, this is something I think like if Aaron Judge was the star for the Seattle Mariners, no one would know who he is. But because it's for the Yankees, the world or the U.S. Oh, pretty much knows who he is. You can you can say would, 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 wouldn't you say to a degree it's kind of if, true. I would say yeah, well yeah. If Aaron Judge was on the Mariners, he wouldn't be as big of a name. Like he obviously in the MLB itself would be. I, I no, my point very, is very in the player. MLB to but, actually reach fame status, you got to play for like the Yankees or the Dodgers. <laughs> like that's it, or else you will not reach that like legitimate fame status among na about american athletes i don't think that that's necessarily true it just depends on how good your team is so like how often at least for currently just but like but like like if 
it, it's it's just dependent on how often your team is shown in these big games and big media situations. Like obviously being in a bigger market like makes a difference. So the Dodgers, Mets, Yankees, you can even say the Astros, trash throws. Um, but like the one thing about the Astros though, but like it look, I mean, everybody knows who Kenny Griff like Griffin was. I guarantee you, like under thirty percent of Americans even know who the Houston Astros are. But no, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> is you look like everybody knows who Kenny Griffin Jr. is. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows who. Uh, now I I would agree with you, but I don't think so. Like like I like I agree with you, but like if you I if bet, you know baseball though, like to some degree, like people like no 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 but but that's my point the average person does not know baseball but i still think the average person knows who Derek Jeter and a i guarantee you, you know if i, I mean? walk if i walk you, you, into, you like, get my point here i get what you're trying to think i think, I think, I think, I think that if, if i were to walk up to some random person on the street and be like just if like just say who's mike trout who, who's mike trout they'd have no idea if i walk up to a random person on the street i say who's aaron judge i would give it 75-25% chance that they know who it is, just depending because it could be a random. Now, now I Judge, like, I also don't think is quite the... I would still feel like the average the average person, even in America, like specifically in America, the average American probably wouldn't necessarily have the proper answer to that. No, 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 but I just think like going back to that little thing, like the MLB should be promoting the shit out of the Padres right now, at least specifically Soto and Tati. Like they should be doing that. But based off what they've been doing with the Angels, I don't think they will do that. And I, I low-key think that MLB has an opportunity to kind of grow the sport a little bit here, you know, as everyone said. You know, they have an opportunity yeah. to kind of pump it up. And I don't think they're going to do it because it is the MLB. Uh, very poorly planned when it comes to uh, social it's, media it's, marketing it's and very, all that stuff. Very bad. Almost to the point where it's just like, I honestly don't even know if, and not just Rob Manfred, but, but all the other guy, I don't even know what even like if there's a bunch of people running the MLB all those guys it, it really seems like they they're just not trying to expand anything it, it seems like it literally just seems like they're a bunch of just money rich dudes and they're just like hey in the um, state of the game this is how much we're getting and you know what we make changes that it could be uncertain so we're not gonna you know change what anything. I'm getting bored talking about the MLB uh, yeah, I was about to say I'm I'm also getting bored. I yeah. also uh, so, I also uh I also gotta we, run to the little men's room. All right, I was gonna say you're gonna have to use the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, I'll be honest, I waited longer than normal. I waited yeah. way longer uh, no, than if, normal. No, if if uh if you're interested in Grant's bladder uh control, TikTok also just dropped it. a talk on that. There's TikTok so on Grant's COVID conspiracy regarding his oh, yeah, uh yeah. Ability. There, there's good there's good stuff on the talk, people. Check that out. Quick commercial break. Hopefully in the future, this is where we have an ad, but you know, we're not quite there yet. So, okay. Uh, we'll be right back. All right. Uh, unfortunate, uh, unfortunate news for me. Good news for the podcast. Uh, there was a code Brown while I was walking to the bathroom. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not trying to get too graphic here, but let's just say I was midstream and I realized, oh, wow. There's a little more than uh, just number one for this one, if you know what I mean. We we might need to double those ones and make that a number two. Uh, but yeah, Code Brown. Sorry for the interruption. Yeah, uh, my life actually is made up by multiple Code Brown stories. We can save those for another day, but... Uh, let's not get into that now. Yeah. Uh, let's save that for another day. Uh, 
But okay, let's dive into uh, some college football oh, news. Yeah. Everett, kick us off today. Give Man, it's going to be interesting, which I got, I got a couple things. You know what? In honor, it's not Tuesday, it's Thursday. In honor of uh, not having anybody on for Tulane Tuesday this week, I've got a little Tulane Tuesday story. Okay, I'm getting a, currently getting a phone call from SiriusXM because they want my money. Uh, no, I will not be accepting that phone call. Um, oh. Yeah, so yesterday, uh, there was a little news report that came out Uh I don't know who who figured this this little bit out, and you know what? It, it, it sounds about right for Tulane. Um, apparently, Tulane stashed two three thousand year old Egyptian mummies underneath the bleachers in their old stadium where the first three Super Bowls were played. Uh, they then forgot that they were there and left them in the stadium until nineteen seventy three. So. Um, when was this stadium stopped? When did they stop using this stadium? 1973. Something like that. So, so well, hold on. Let me, I'll I'm look sorry. it up. How, how long have these mummies been? Are you telling me they've been missing since 1973 until like recently? No, 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 no. So, hell? I so, quite follow along there. Not going to lie. I'm a little, a little stupid, but. <laughs> so the original stadium that Tulane played in was the Super Bowl. Like they played the yes. Super Bowl there. Yes. That's where they played the first Got couple Super Bowls. Yeah. Uh so what that's in like the 50s, 1950s, right? Mm-hmm. So they put the mummies in there because they couldn't find an exhibit to host them. So they just left them in the bleachers and in, in the stadium in 1955. Now when you say in the bleachers in the underneath stadium. the bleachers. Literally okay. underneath the bleachers okay. in the stadium. And uh, they left them there because they forgot about them for 23 years. They were just sitting there. I mean, also, just what a great location to stash some mummy bodies. Yeah, just throw them <laughs> under where uh, we hosted the Super Bowl, you know? So, yeah, the the old stadium was demolished in 1979. So they were taken out about four years before the stadium was demolished. Um, since the mummies were just there and stashed, um, yeah, Tulane uh, accidentally left the SEC before it became the SEC the, that it is now. Uh, they lost a 7-0 lead to Baylor. That might the be the worst series. Move. That might be one of the worst moves in college football history. Yeah, um, not to mention the countless amount of just pain and suffering that uh, Tulane fans have had over the years. So That also, but go on. That, that, was, that was just a statement. That, I, I have to be, <laughs> that was just a general statement. But yeah, yeah I just need to bring up how much suffering uh, that your your school's uh, fan base has gone through. But uh, yeah, and it's all. I mean, I mean, okay, it's all thanks. The to whole mummies. story was the mummies was there. They had no idea it was there. Then dug it up in '73. Was that the story? Essentially, they forgot it was there for like 22 years, and there was just open mummy sarcophaguses and like a three thousand year old Egyptian sarcophagus. No, no complaints of like, oh, it smells, smells like kind of weird. No, apparently not. Um, so although when you're in New Orleans and it's nice, that almost makes it worse. When you're in New Orleans and it's humid, you would think you would smell it more. Yeah, if anything, that'd be that'd make it worse. You know what? I don't even want to think about that right now. Luckily, uh, I'm blessed to live in LA and don't got to deal with that huge yeah. shit. But um, okay. okay, I so got a little more on Tulane. Wait, 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 wait. We gotta stay on the Tulane topic. Tulane. So okay. we're gonna stay on this. 
uh and then and then i'll let you finish up with your cultural okay. stuff but uh every i was uh just scrolling through twitter past week and i i saw a tweet from the official Tulane football twitter account just a yes. quick little slideshow of a couple guys on the field and uh i happened to to notice you yeah in the background of one of these <laughs> and so just had a a couple comments, a little, uh, a couple of questions uh, on your fit. Yeah. So, so first things yeah. first, hair looks on fleek, my man. Want to shout out? Want to yeah. shout the hair Let's first? Second, I like the color combo, the green and blue. I I saw another thing, Tulane, with the white, green, blue, black. They got some combos, and we're, I, we are blues, in my opinion, look baby really blues. good. Look like those yeah. are probably my favorite. My favorite, my favorite two lane. I don't know if they could do like a blue and black combo, like black. So we do. We do have. Well, I don't know if we do blue. We I know we do the the olive green and black. But my favorite thing blue, is so obviously green might look a little weird to me if I'm thinking about the green and black. Blue, the black, olive a green. little Panthers vibe, but like. But cooler. here's here's the thing. Um. So we are always for our for our jerseys. We're always featured on like the college football like jersey account. They like shout out like the best jerseys of the week. Like Tulane always makes it on there like every single week. My favorite th- jersey that uh you know Tulane has, and I'm a editing this. A sponsor Nike. I'm a Nike. Uh, I'm a good I'm a good editor. So we'll see if I can find and put it up here. Um, but we have helmets that AKA we have. A, he has a software where he can put in multiple photos at a time to do that. But whatever. Um, but so we have we have a white helmet and a green helmet, uh, where the entire helmet is just the wave, like the entire helmet, the angry wave. That's our logo. Yeah, it's with the like face a ram. Yeah. It's just like the face rather than the actual logo itself. Like with the wave, yeah. like the, it's just the wave's face on the side, which looks yeah. really cool. Like the whole helmet is like the wave um but yeah we i mean i, I we, we've got some nice drip or drown jerseys for, okay uh, okay before before i get I, I actually have a drip question for you but before i get into a drip question of your opinion on the two line uniforms i have a drip question for you and what you're wearing yeah. in that picture uh so you know i like the shirt like the shorts uh but there was one thing that stuck out to me i'm very interested to, to hear why you you had a towel tucked I think that was around a satchel, or was that a man purse? Was that a satchel or a man purse? Let's start with that. By the way, no hate, just curious. Let's start off. Is, what is that? Was that a satchel? Yeah, I wish. I wish it was. Why the towel around there? Yeah, no, I wish it was a. I wish it was a purse, but unfortunately, it it it's not. Um, it is a fanny pack, which I don't know if that's better or worse. So for now, us, I'm not quite as hip as you but i thought fanny packs go around your waist yeah uh, i don't are like you that. the uber trendy guy who throws it uh, i'm the, the trendy shoulder. dude i put it on the shoulder you gotta roll up with your balenciaga fanny pack. see i took i took a i took a little I, I i took a little page out of you know all the english kids who wear their fanny packs in the front but i'm like no that looks stupid i'm gonna put that part on the back so um we normally like everybody we're, we're required to not required, but we're, we have to have them on us. I, I'm a part of the, I'm, I, I help work with sports medicine. So like I help do that kind of stuff. So I have, um, you know, all this stuff in my, that I need to have on my person for practice. Um, so that's all in there. I have a radio that I wear goes on there. I think it looks cool. It's kind of like an earpiece. I have an earpiece. It's in that photo. You can see it. Yeah. Now that's badass. 
Yeah. So I now that that makes waking up early. I just think I just think you know yeah. what like fanny packs. I think they look kind of dumb when they're around your waist. I'm like, well, can I can I like step that up? I'm like, all right. So I wear like a bandolier. I'm like going to war. That's definitely one way of phrasing it. It's definitely one perspective of looking at it. Uh, going to war with uh, these gentlemen every day. Well, when when it's but five a.m. in the like morning, the medic in the war. Look, look. When it's are, when it's actually, when it's when it's it. <laughs> when it's seven a.m. in the morning and you've got I don't know one hundred and fifty dudes, half of them profusely vomiting on the sideline from extensive conditioning and the New Orleans humidity. I would say that's pretty damn close to going to war. Not literally, but but yeah. Yeah, I, I get your point. But uh, you know what? I, I think you, you answered the question. Thank you for that input. No hate, yeah. by the way. I, was I, I did I, I did ask was interesting and I needed to find at least out. I did ask my my boss last year uh, if I would be allowed to wear an arm sleeve, eye black, uh, you know, just you should wear a shooting sleeve. And that would I, be hilarious. My my, my response sleeve. My response to that that I was told was I'm not allowed to do that because the cameras would be on me on the sideline and not the players. But okay, something that I, like Ohio State, the, every college team still does, but they're doing their sideline calls right when they're doing their sideline yeah. calls. One of the guys holding up the signs is legit. The other six guys holding up signs are all dummies, and they're all. Well, you know, you know who likes you know. That could be you, up? Everett. I want to you know see you on the sidelines giving up fakes. I know, like the GA supposed no, to, do, but no, that should know, be you. know, you know who, you know who, who did, did that last that? year. Uh, Chad. Chad. Chad did that. Shut up! I Chad did that. I was. Chad's the sign guy. He is a sign guy. I. Okay. There's now, a picture also, of me and Chad. Me, correct me if I'm wrong here usually the sign guy is like a backup quarterback why do they have a db doing it it's kind of it's whoever's dressed and not exactly like when we're on offense they normally have i can't because like the walk-on ohio state quarterbacks are sign men it really like the 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 orange and yellow like (laughs) it really depends it depends on the team it depends on the game so i think there's a picture of me and chad last year i like it just happened that we were in the background of one of the I shots. I would love a picture of you and Chad holding up. So I want a picture of Chad with no helmet, wearing a two-lane hat. He's got the play call on one sheet. He's just holding up signs. But Look, I'll see. I want to see that picture. I'll so see bad. if I can. I'll see if I can get a picture of get me that. and Chad. Get that. I'll also see that if I can be the thumbnail for. I will uh, see. I'll see if I can. Awesome. I'll see if I can get an arm sleeve at least in for practice. And maybe we'll be in the background. You'll see me with my shooter sleeve. It has to be nice. I'll be on, if you just show up and wear it, <coughs> no one will care. No, like, I'm gonna. I have an elbow injury. I have to wear my shooter sleeve. Literally, have have a reason for it, and no one's gonna. No one first. No one cares enough to like call you out on it and actually find out if you do have an elbow injury. And two, like, it's swaggy, and you kind of need to be regardless of your position you need to be swaggy on the football field look hey as as the late uh, not late as the great Deion sanders once said <laughs> the, late, the late the late Deion sanders yeah he you know as, as, as primetime said uh look good feel good feel good play good play good they pay good so at the end of the day that's all that matters yeah i want know? to suppose and my it all starts with look record. good look good feel good it's always um, so okay all right I'll, I'll Unless you uh, any yeah, we'll, any more drip questions for Tulane, um, 
Also, fun fact, by the way, just as a general notion, the one thing that I've learned, uh, and this is Waterboy Analytics, uh, especially for like the Super Bowl or anything, if there's anything where it's like a question of like what color the uh, Gatorade bath will be, the Gatorade is always the color of the team. Oh, yeah. No, no. Like, I, I always the color of the so team. So last year I found out, like, no surprise, the Bengals use orange. orange every single game. So essentially, but betting on the Gatorade color to be orange was just betting on the Bengals to win the suit. Like, essentially, that's what it is. The one thing is. But there's a chance that the Rams also threw out so, orange. It so would have been a lock from the start. No, so here's the thing. But the Rams you, got blue if you and split it, If you do, it's going to be blue. It's the primary color. It's always the primary color, unless I do think though, and eh, I might get shit for this. I think lemon lime would be better than any any sort, even frost glacier. I think lemon lime would be better than any. Well, here's the thing: as the like, as the designated as the designated Powerade maker of uh, Tulane Athletic. Take, take me through your Powerade uh, making process, actually. Well, like, so I request for flavors or. I, I, have, I, I I'm very curious. I had I, I can't no I can't I did not know you made the Powerade for too late. I can't so. spill my secrets. Uh, You're literally the water boy. <laughs> where do you think it, where do you think the name comes from, man? Um, I haven't Holy made shit. I haven't that made the Powerade so this good. year. But uh, it, normally it's just dependent on the packs. Uh, we get we get packs. We make it with packs. Do you ever combine flavors? I cannot disclose that information you don't need to tell me the mix just blink twice if yes if not don't blink oh you blink twice all right okay have our answer ladies and gentlemen okay <laughs> um but yeah uh okay anyways well, um, what else you got in college football yeah so it's more it's more it's more of a reactionary thing we've been going for a while jeez um okay so man we riffing we vibing we going this is PFF's uh, – I got to find it again. PFF's College Football Power Rankings. Okay. We love PFF on this show. Uh, we tend to react very well to PFF. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah, we love those guys. One, Alabama. Two, Georgia. Three, Ohio State. Four, Clemson. Five, Michigan. Six, Texas A&M. Seven, Notre Dame. Eight, Oklahoma. Nine, Oklahoma State. Ten, Utah. Was – Say that one more time. One is Bama, two is Georgia, okay, three is Ohio. Never mind, never mind. Okay, I thought. Okay, very interesting. the The back half, like middle to back half of that list, seems very, very based off of last year's ending, end of the season rankings, and then they just put Bama, Georgia, Ohio State one through three. Michigan is five. Yeah, like I, I, I think at the end of the season last year, Ohio State was five, Michigan was three, and they just swapped them and just told Cincy screw you and didn't put them in. But uh, like, I think that's, I think it's that's a bit of a lazy. I think they just took a lot of the shit from last year's ranking and just put yeah. Them in one through in four. comparison, US to USA Who today. Did they have at four? OU. Uh, four, four was A and M at six. Clemson. Four is Clemson. Oh, okay, yeah. Five is I, Michigan. Six is six is A and M. Yeah, I'm pretty sure AM. Uh in comparison though, USA Today's coaches pool for top 10. One Bama, two Ohio State, three Georgia. So they're just switching Georgia and Ohio State. Four is Clemson. Five oh, is above no- Georgia in the coaches pool? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Five is Notre Dame. Six is Michigan. Seven's AM. Eight is Utah. Nine is Oklahoma. And ten is Baylor. 
So, uh, first reaction to the coaches poll, I, I was today years old when I found out that, uh, literally like the lowest tier assistant for these coaches makes these polls. It's not, it's not, I was today years old when I found out that like, I like, I, I, I would assume the coaches don't make these polls, but this is the one thing when when Dabo Sweeney made his coaches poll, like he owned it and was like, yeah, I think Ohio state's like the 11th best team in the country. Like he owned it. So I don't know. Maybe Dabo does. Maybe wait, Dabo wait. actually does rank. What? What if? What if? Like maybe assist- Dabo does. What if? Oh you're the my assistant- god! What if the assistant did that? Dabo's coach- like, what the fuck? Why the? <laughs> no, literally, literally, just imagine the assistant's like, you know what? I think Bama's the seventeenth best team in college football, oh and Dabo god. walks up. Actually, on- that'd be so. Funny. Dabo walks up. Like, on- Dabo's on- assistant stage. did that, and Dabo's just like, why what? the fuck? Did you put Ohio State 13th? They're about to sh- and then they did shit on them uh, a couple <laughs> weeks later. But I mean, so, so okay, you know, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna assume that Dabo did make that poll because he was very he was very adamant and he was very strong in you being just, like, yes, Ohio State is you, like the eleventh best team. Do you or think whatever. if he didn't do that and he just had to bite bite it and just like agree with it? Do you think afterwards it's him, the assistant coach behind closed doors? And he's just well, well, if the assistant did it and Dabo like, and it wasn't like checked with Dabo, like, can I publish this? And he posted that like, oh my God, that dude should be fired. No, no, that guy should be fired. He's probably on the next, uh, the next bus out of Clemson. Yeah. It's probably, I mean, probably working for like, I don't know the U now, Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, all right, let's get to your, let's get to your, your bits. Okay. The Ohio State of the Union. We got a little bit of a different Ohio State of the Union today. I also, this one will probably actually go up on uh, on YouTube as a shorter video to to Depends attract to attract the Ohio State audience. But a uh, little new version of the Ohio State of the Union. We are starting off with uh, obviously some Ohio State college football news, and then we're gonna shout out some Buckeyes in the league right now, getting some praise uh, in training camp. So I want to shout out some Bucks in the NFL. Uh, but okay, let's start things off. So we're recording this on Tuesday, August 9th. And this morning, Brian Hartline, coach key and Zach Grant, director of player personnel tweeted out some pancake emojis on Twitter. Very interesting. You know, uh, they're obviously, uh, obviously talking about an offensive lineman here, but you know, I, it's not very often we see a See big name uh, O lineman coming to Ohio State, or, or at least recently, Paris Johnson and NPF are probably that. I guess Donovan Jet shit. Maybe we actually do get some big guys. Damn, I, damn. I just agree. listed three five stars and whatever. But it's we got another five star tackle rumor. Uh, twenty twenty three five star offensive tackle Samson. I think I'm pronouncing this right. Oaken Lola, out of Massachusetts, is rumored to commit to Ohio State. Uh, he's in a bit of a competition battle with the University of Miami right now, who already has a five-star offensive tackle signed in the class 2023 from IMG Academy, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so they already got that tackle slot filled up. Maybe this guy's like, hey, let's, uh, let's go Bucks instead. Uh, but other than that, a little more cool, a little more interesting. Five-star 2023 defense and Damon Wilson out of Florida will be taking his official visit to Ohio State during the Notre Dame weekend. And this player has said, uh, 
he will not take any more uh, visits to Alabama or Georgia. Now, this player, he's had one of the more quiet recruitments, uh, has no crystal ball so far. No one really knows uh, which college or team he's leaning towards going. But this is, this is good news for Ohio State if he's saying, yes, I will visit Ohio State again. Bama, Georgia, I'm done. I've seen enough. Don't need to visit you anymore. But he's willing to visit Ohio State again. First week, game one against Notre Dame at home in the shoe. So that adds a little, a little more fire to that Notre Dame recruitment or that Notre Dame game. I'm not sure if this guy, Wilson, is rumored to Notre Dame too. Maybe he is. And maybe if they lose that game, this guy's a Notre Dame player, which adds a little more, a uh, little more heat to it. But, but that's, that's what I had on Ohio state recruiting, actually some positive news. And uh, another thing I want to say, uh, four-star cornerback Dijon Johnson, he wanted to recommit to Ohio state after decommitting last week, the top hundred corner, but he said, yeah, I want to recommit, but I'm still going to talk to other schools, still keep my commitment open. Uh, so because of that, Ryan Day said, no, uh, sorry, uh, we're not taking you. It's nice knowing you. We've invested too much time in, for you to say you're committed and not actually be committed and still shopping around. So they, they told him, no, you cannot commit unless you are shut down your recruitment to other schools because he's already decommitted. Like Ohio State doesn't have this policy. I know Clemson does. I, I'm not exactly sure which other schools has, but Ohio State they don't have the decommit, we're done talking to you policy. They don't have the, if you're committed here, you can't speak to other schools. If you're committed to Ohio State, you can still talk to other schools. But for the second time around, uh-uh, that's it. Sorry. Nice Not knowing you. If you really want to come here, sign the papers uh, when it's time. But that's all I got on recruiting. I want to talk a little bit about the Ohio State offense this year, though. Now I think Despite losing two uh, first-round wide receivers going 10-11 in the draft, I think Ohio State has an opportunity to be even better on offense this year than they were last year. And this is why. First things first, it all starts up front with the offensive line. Last year, Ohio State got bitched around like a bunch of little babies against Michigan, to a degree against Oregon as well, and in the red zone. They, they could not get the ball moving on the ground. They could not get the run game going. And I was listening to Coach Zach Smith's podcast. I give this guy a lot of, a lot of shout outs on, uh, on this, but, but he was saying he thinks a lot of that is due to the older O-line coach Ohio State has had for a while, Greg Studrawa. And now they have moved on to a new younger, uh, younger O-line coach from UCLA, Justin Fry. So Justin Fry, younger coach, he's a little more in your face, a little more, I don't know, outspoken, a little more outgoing and, I think that'll be very, very beneficial for the Ohio State O-line. Last year, when I look at Ohio State's O-line, they, uh, they struggled against Michigan, struggled against Oregon, struggled in the red zone. Why? Because they had zero interior power running game, zero push. When you needed a short yard gain, Ohio State didn't have that. And their, their O-linemen were not firing off the blocks uh, like, I, like I was back in my heyday, back in my freshman year uh, in high school. But I'm obviously kidding. Uh, but Where is he? The Ohio State offense line, I think with Fryan, I need a little more grit. I need a little more toughness up front. And it's also going to help that we will be playing literal guards at guard instead of playing tackles at guard like we did last year. But this time we'll actually have interior linemen on the inside who are comfortable pulling, comfortable running power, uh, power running plays. So 
So that's first on uh, on the blocking, but I think a tougher, more downhill power running game will help Ohio State against tougher defensive fronts. If they want to win a national championship, you're going to have to run against Alabama. And based off last year's tape, they could not, they would not have been able to do that. If they had to go, they would not have been able to do it. So an upfront, more downhill power running game. Uh, and I'm not saying run away from their, from their zone inside the tackles running that Trevion did so well last year. I'm not saying abandon that. I'm saying we need to, we need to add some more, add some more uh, dynamic uh, implements to this offense. We need to implement some more things, implement some more layers to this offense. So, so that's what the O-line, I think Justin Fry this younger guy out of UCLA, I think he was a very, very smart hire in terms of turning this group, this group's mentality around, really. It's really their mentality. Uh, but that that's the O-line. Now, uh, to go with the running game, I, I want to talk about uh, the Ohio State running back room now. So, of course, Trevion Henderson, I've already said so many good things about him. Ohio State, their running back room in general they got two other guys who are contributors and can play. So Meatball, Mayan Williams, their power running, sturdy power running back. He's there. He, I think it, like I was just saying with the O-line, if Justin Fry can get this downhill running game going, we can get a little more push up front, get those short yardage gains you need on the one, two yard line in the red zone. When you need those short yard uh, runs, Meatball Mayans, your like Chop is your guy. I he actually doesn't like being called Meatball anymore. He likes to be called Chop. So Chop is your guy. Give him the ball. Give Mayan the ball in those short yard gains. He's he's gonna go to work. But other than that, I want to say Trevion Henderson. I think Trevion Henderson has the potential to be a Christian McCaffrey like running back next year in Ohio State's offense. I think Ohio State has a special unique type of running back that they have not had in a while who is dynamic in the passing game. Okay. Th that's, that's where Trevion for me really stood out from like an Ezekiel Elliott, a JK Dobbins Trevion. If you just give him a swing route in the flats, he can make guys miss what I want him out in space and I want him the ball. I want, I don't care where he catches the ball. It could be five yards behind the line of scrimmage. I don't give a shit. The man's still making dudes miss. Trevion, I think, has, an, has a, a chance and opportunity to fill a, a true receiving threat role for Ohio State that I don't really think they've had at running back, or I don't think they've, they've needed to implement in their offense with how good their receivers have been. But I think they can do that. And if it were up to me, it, it'd be a waste. It, it'd, be, it'd be a bit of a waste. Uh, to not want to help CJ, uh, CJ out with quick little Trevion dump-offs. I've been hearing apparently Ohio State has been implementing a lot of more shorter passing concepts uh, into their offense. And also just want to say kind of impressive considering last year that CJ Stroud essentially only threw intermediate to deep passing routes the whole game. They were not throwing the ball short and he still had like a 74% completion percentage and only threw six picks. But whatever, whatever. I, I think Trevon Henderson has an opportunity to step up in the short passing game. And I, and I think they should take advantage of that. I think that will add a new dimension to their offense. I think Trevon can make some corners in the Big Ten look silly trying to tackle him. Uh, but that's what I had on training camp news. Th this will be over soon, Everett. I know, I know you, you look you, you look a little uh, a little mad over there, but we got a couple. I got, I got two more things left. Okay, real quick. Some Buckeyes in the NFL I want to shout out. 
first things first, Jeffrey Okuda. Apparently looks great in camp. And that makes me so happy. Jeffrey Okuda is one of my favorite Buckeyes I've ever had the privilege to watch. Uh, you got some quick knocks on Okuda. Hard knocks on tonight. Yeah. Oh, shit. Hard knocks is tonight. God damn. Oh, and it's lines this year. So get a little hutch. I, okay, I'm going to say this right now. Jamison Williams is about to become one of the most favorite, one of the biggest fan favorite players in the NFL. Jamison Williams is one of the funniest players I have ever seen. Right before he transferred to Alabama, they had a mic'd up clip of Jamison Williams mic'd up in, in spring practice. One of the funniest two-minute videos I've ever seen. Jamison Williams is a national treasure and enjoy the content that JMO is about to give you over the next, enjoy it. Uh, I can guarantee right now, JMO is going to be amazing in this. Uh, but okay, back to Okuda. So going back to Okuda looking good in camp, according to Jeff Risden, who I think is a Lions beat reporter, he said that other than one play today, Okuda has been lights out. Cornerback one easily all camp long. It's not particularly close. And according to uh, Benjamin Solak, a writer for The Ringer, Jeff Okuda looks awesome. And that's all I need to know that Look, Okuda he, is back. Really good last year Jeff Okuda looks awesome. That's all I need. He was doing good last year before he tore his ACL. Achilles. Tore his Achilles, Achilles last year. Uh, that's and, worse. That's way worse. worse. And he also had a couple of injuries his, his rookie year too. So hopefully yeah. he can stay out the field. Uh, hopefully it could be the Jeffrey Okuda I remember, but I just want to say real quick, one of my fondest memories of Jeffrey Okuda was in the 2019 college football playoff uh, semifinal game where Okuda also had a fumble overturned that was a touchdown, which was complete BS, but whatever, not going to get into that. I still remember T Higgins and Justin Ross limping to the sidelines, begging for, for a playoff because Jeffrey Okuda and Damon Arnett we're just man, manhandling them, just mauling them on the outside, playing way more physical, even though T. Higgins and Justin Ross are both significantly bigger than both of them, and they were just manhandling them. So, uh, yeah, just, just, just want to say that. Just want to say that. Uh, and then last, last shout-out I have, Justin Fields has reportedly blown away the Bears coaching staff in training camp so far. Uh, so uh, this is a transition out of, uh, out of the Ohio State of the Union. It's over now, Everett. Uh, but Justin Fields might, uh, might have blown the, the Bears' uh, tra- uh, coaching staff away, but the only issue is uh, Roquan Smith just requested a trade from the Bears today. And I don't know if there's anyone else on the Bears' roster that uh, has impressed the, Bear, uh, the coaching staff. Maybe, maybe Darnell Mooney, that's it. I don't or, think anyone uh, else on the roster has. Yeah, they, they've had a lot of problems. I don't remember what post I saw, but it was like, uh, it said that Nikhil Harry like has a severe injury in his foot after he impressed them, by the way. He, he was said to have impressed them and then like broke his foot or something like that. Uh, they've lost like three interior linemen and one of them, ref- another like tackle or someone refuses to come into camp, just hasn't reported. Um, so... Love what Ryan Poles is doing with the team. Uh, it's, it's going great over in Bears country. Yeah, uh, not to – I mean, you know, Justin Fields is my guy. I mean, 
Pray for Justin Fields. Let's let's help him out in some way. Let's help him out somehow, guys. Darnell can only do so much, and Justin Fields can only live for so long with the deplorable line. And as a vegan, where he's even more oh, he's vegan so oh, he's been vegan since his last year at Ohio State. Remember when he got hit by Skalski Clemson? I literally thought his bones broke because he's been <laughs> vegan for the past six months. Ah, ah. But but yeah. Uh, let's get into your NFL news. Now. All right, all right. I got, I've got two to three quick things. Also to note, my computer's at six percent, so we'll be wrapping up this episode fairly soon. Um, all right. First things first. Um. We've all seen this clip of um, Jordan Davis just bulldozing the center uh, for the Eagles. Mitchell Schwartz, who was a longtime uh, Chiefs lineman. Uh, oh, fun fact. He's, uh, he's actually from our hometown, too. Oh, is he actually? He's a Lades of Boy. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, uh, he responded. To, high, pretty sure. He responded to this clip uh, and broke it down. One. Uh, after three seconds, the center's feet are about five yards away, four seconds, they're seven yards away, uh, which would mean there's still plenty of room in the pocket, which would result in a pass being completed. Uh, two, uh, Jordan Davis is 6'6 six, six and 350 pounds. He runs a 4'7'8. Uh, the center is about, I don't know, 6'1. So you probably hope that he could bulldoze the center. No, no. the center was 6'3, three, 3'10. Three, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. So, like, for that video, I wasn't necessarily impressed with Jordan Davis, like, pushing the guy back. It was more so just, like, Jesus Christ, he's that much bigger than a 6'3", 300-pound dude. Holy shit. Like, that's why I was, like... The 6'3 center is not a starter. It was also one-on-one. No, 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 no. I I know, but it was more so just the size. I was, like, holy Um, shit. Jordan Davis. Yeah. The uh, the other thing that I had, uh, George, George Pickens, and you're going to like this one. Uh, this is from NFL Rookie Watch, so might not be – this might be a ball sack, but – so take this with a grain okay. of salt. Yeah, all right. Thank Quote, you. Quote, after making four consecutive receptions, some of which contested uh, at today's practice, George Pickens went on to stare down at Minka Fitzpatrick and other Steelers defensive players told Minka Fitzpatrick, quote, don't say shit. Do not say shit to, to George Pickens. Now, there might be, uh, might be some, uh, some SEC beef here between Georgia and Bama, uh, Pickens and uh, Minka right here, now that I think about it. Maybe a little but, uh, bit. But the fact that the guys are like, don't say shit to George, let him be. Because I mean, Minka's kind of the Steelers guy, so I mean, it's a it's a good sign. It's a good sign. I mean, I mean, yeah. Uh, but sign. okay. Uh, Last thing that I have. I, yeah, I, I have a hint that this uh, is gonna be wrapping up soon. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the blue in my face, you know. Uh, yeah, I had to plug my computer in. So, uh, just a little little shout out. Von Miller um, was it yesterday or today. Uh, on his Instagram story, posted a picture of Odell wearing a Bills jersey with an eyes emoji telling Odell to come play for the Bills. If Odell Beckham Jr. comes on the Bills with Stephon, Gabriel Davis, Josh Allen, James Cook, uh, Joe Brady, um, yeah, I, I think that that's, that's – Good-looking 
good looking offense. Pretty good looking. Pretty good looking. AFC might be under wraps after that one. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I would assume so. I would assume so. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll be honest. I, I have one last reaction I, okay. I, I want from you, Everett. Let's okay. hear it. Last thing. So uh, it, it was announced uh, either yesterday or uh, two days ago or uh, something like that. Aaron Rodgers' use of ayahuasca does not violate the NFL drug policy. So I'm sorry, Everett, but Aaron Rodgers just publicly admitted to using a drug, which I am pretty sure is banned and illegal in the United States. And uh, I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure if that's true or not. I just Googled ayahuasca legal. And then I read the first headline I saw and I'm pretty, I didn't even click on the link, just read the tab on the Google. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it said it's banned in the US. So, so how do you feel that Aaron Rodgers committed a felony and the NFL is not doing anything about it? Not surprised. Not surprised. Now, if Tom Brady did this, I think no, if Tom it Brady, might be a different story. No, if Tom Brady did this, uh, you know, it, it actually might just become an every training regimen for the entire NFL. Yeah, actually, that's, that's a bad idea. They just been having <laughs> a positive thing. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers got off scot-free. Aaron Rodgers. If, uh, you know, if... I mean, if, he's a bad man for a reason. You know what they say. I mean, if If, you know... DeAndre Hopkins did it, or Calvin Ridley did it. Um, maybe throw Miles Garrett. Actually, throw Miles Garrett in there. Did maybe. He do no, I'm just saying it as a general. Oh, oh, oh we just talked. Just, about just labeling stuff. other players. Yeah, other players who uh, have been suspended in the past year or two. Uh, Antonio Brown. If Josh Gordon did it, uh, he actually might be incarcerated. Like. Like the NFL would find a way to incarcerate him, like specifically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really know. I, I I really didn't think much of it to be honest. It's just like I, it just doesn't really matter. Um, no, I know. It was just a fun little thing I saw where it's just like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers just openly made to do an ayahuasca and no one gives a shit. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think uh, I think that'll wrap up the episode. This is probably our longest episode ever so far. So you guys are welcome. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, remember like this. like and subscribe, like and subscribe, like and subscribe. Rate us five stars. Download the podcast. Listen to it multiple times. Everett, without further ado, Waterboys out. <laughs>